We Can ready to rock and roll, P. Biddy. What's up, baby, baby? Hey, I'm good, big dog. Ready to rock and roll, ready to rock and roll. I am your co-host, Cameo Williams from Gems in the Gym. I'm your other co-host, Prentice Beverly with Ball and Prep. Together we rock as the Ball and Gems duel on the Fresh Podcast, and we heading to ACC country. Most definitely ACC, baby. Get done with a legend, an icon. Yeah, one of, the best, one of the best to ever do it. What, what, what? One of the best to ever do it. So we are extremely fortunate uh, that, that she's going to grace us with her time, her energy, um, her knowledge, and her experience. Man, what? I can't wait. I can't wait. So really overjoyed to have the opportunity to, to have Coach on, um, to pick her brain. And as always, y'all know what it is to see where they've been, where they are, and where they're going. What you know, that's, that's dude, what know. we 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 must have asked too many questions. We could be on this for like two hours, you know what? Dude, we really could, you know, but we will be right on cue, right on right cue, on cue, right on cue. We will be this. Hello, 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 welcome, welcome. Let us make sure we give you your propers, coach. We got to do a little bit of housekeeping, so we're gonna get it in order. We got the talented, versatile, legendary. Wait, wait. I, you, 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 you gotta say legendary better than that, man. Legendary. legendary. Iconic, winning, competitive, Hall of Fame, Virginia, University of Virginia head women's basketball coach, Tina Thompson is on the Ball and Gems podcast. Welcome, coach. Hey, Tina, hey, can you hear us? Hey. Yes, I can hear you. You guys are kind of going like in and out, but. Okay, let's make sure we get you right. We want to make sure we welcome you appropriately. I'm Cameo with Gems in the Gym. I'm Prentice Beverly with Ball and Prep. And together we rock as Ball and Gems, the podcast. So first and foremost, Coach, how are you? How is the health? And how's your family? My family's doing great. Everybody's healthy and safe at the moment. So we're blessed to um, be in that place right now during this time. Good. That's good to hear. How? How has the community been as far as honoring the shelter in place and, and your trips to the to the supermarket? Like, is, how are you guys acclimating to that? Is everybody kind of following the, the proper protocol? Oh, absolutely. Since you know day one, um, I thought that everyone in the city of Charlottesville handled you know themselves very well. Um, just people being polite and just curly courteous, you know, considering our new normal. But you know, no one like hoarding you know, anything and just kind right. of like getting what they needed to make sure that everyone else was able to get the things that they needed. I mean, the supermarkets as well as just kind of the uh, essential stores, just um, creating just kind of like guidelines and things like that for people to uh, keep proper proper distance and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that we've uh, kind of flowed or just kind of like transferred into our new normal pretty well. Hey, so how's your refrigerator holding up, Coach? I know you get that, that growing young man there. Was he 15 now? 14, 15? He's 14. Wow. He eating you out of house at home. I know he is. He gotta be. Not really. Like, Dylan is a pretty, like, normal eater. You know, really? I mean... Yeah, he is. He doesn't, like, eat, you know, a a big amount. I mean, he's more of, like, a snacker. So, you know, he'll get, like, snacks and stuff like that, you know, during the day. But, 
yeah, he doesn't for sure overeat. He is a pasta guy, so he likes pasta. But, Ooh, you know, I was the same when I was a kid. Like, if my dad made spaghetti, then all of my siblings. Like, that's just one of the things we love to eat. So Dylan, yeah. you know, like, he loves spaghetti. So there's certain things that he might eat a little bit more of. But to be honest, like, he, he rarely goes for seconds. Wow. wow. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Can, can we trade sons? <laughs> <laughs> and he's not, he doesn't eat like sweets and a lot of junk food either. So that's like, that's kind of crazy too. Like he's not like a candy eater either. Is yeah, he, no, that's, is he a gamer? That's my son. He's for sure a gamer. So okay, okay. we have strict guidelines <laughs> in regards to this extra time that we have. So he has a set schedule in the morning in which he gets up and does his schoolwork. I yeah. actually even ordered some extra schoolwork <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> offline just because I wasn't, um, you know, too happy with the amount of work. I mean, I think that the teachers at his school are doing a great job. There's only so much they can do it without right. having them in class to do instruction. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I just ordered some just stuff to just prepare him for just high school and he's been doing great at that. So, I'm okay with his gaming as long as he gets his work, you know, out of the gets way. It done. Yeah. See, Tina, you're being nice because I, I, I promise you, my son is the same thing. He already was on online schooling for a while, and some of his teachers are slacking. We, I'm <laughs> like, like, dude, you got any work to do? I did it already. I'm like, hold up, man, y'all paying four hundred dollars a month? Can somebody uh, get his boy some schoolwork? <laughs> Because I seem on anyway. I'm sorry. Well, no, like so. Dylan and I, like, we're very. Um, he's used to like the process of like homeschooling and doing online work. Because yeah. when I was still playing, like I, he traveled with me. Like so, um, not just in the summer, but also when I played abroad, I took him with me. So he was a part of an international like online school. So he knows just. Um, he's comfortable with being an independent learner. So right. this was an easy transition for him just because we had it experienced it for so many years. Wow. Gotcha. So speaking of, look, speaking of independent learning, I want to actually go back a little bit. Okay. And so as, as the season got suspended for everybody and you had to share this information with your team, mm -hmm. whether you're, you guys were done or not, you're fans of the game, right? You're watching. Um, and, and to find this out, can you take me through the day, through how that day went and how you expressed that to the team? Well, our kids were already on spring break. So, okay. you know, there wasn't a huge panic like right away just because our kids for the most part were at home or with like family members or, or friends. So they were in a comfortable space. Um, yeah. Once we started getting more information, like our university was very proactive, like the head coaches were hopping on the phone with our athletic director and deputy athletic directors and just kind of, we were conference calling all day, just kind of trying to figure out the the process and, you know, every time uh, the NCAA uh, came out with a different, you know, kind of uh, legislature or process of just kind of working through, then, you know, we were conversing about it so that we were able to give our kids kind of on time, like in the moment information, you know, in right. real time. 
Um, and our kids were okay. And, and most of them, because they were at home, so they were in a comfortable environment, you know, when it got to the point that we, they weren't allowed to come back or the kids that were here, we had to figure out a way for them to travel home. I think it got kind of a little bit more real and scary, but, you know, um, my team, man, I have the best, you know, staff ever, not just my coaching staff, but also support staff. We were proactive. So we were kind of forward thinking and the possibility that even though, you know, the essential workers, the coaches and our director of ops were um, supposed to kind of come in the office, we knew just by kind of watching the news and just how things that were changing that we needed to be prepared. So, you know, we were, we got on it, you know, prepared uh, strength and conditioning workouts for our kids a little earlier than normal, you know. Um, as well as like their individual workouts so that they would have information like not knowing when we would not be able to be in the office so it was one of those things where we were just like you know let's get ready so we don't you know let's stay ready so we don't have to get ready kind of situation yeah so how's the support been like academically because we were speaking of independent learning for your son Mm -hmm. it's kind of independent learning i mean college is independent learning per se but now from a distance trying to make sure that everyone's getting acclimated that way to the new learning process oh swift you know like um we we're not an online university but i'm not sure how the world of academia did it but you know they in a very short period of time i think they asked for just about a week more like kind of added on to um the spring break for them to get everything in place so our kids are um still having class through their professors in um, a Zoom media kind of setting. Same thing with our academic advisors, their mentors, and those that you know have tutors and or learning specialists. Like everything is wa- working like clockwork. So our kids are doing a great job of just kind of maintaining and being on um, top of things. Like the, there's been a lot of understanding just from the side. I mean, UVA is a tough school academically. So, um, you know, you have to work when you come here. Like college is hard period, but it is definitely hard here at UVA in a good way. (laughs) It's for sure, you know, worth it. But um, professors have been very just kind of sympathetic and empathetic to the circumstance and um, working with like each individual student or student student athletes so it's been great i'm very happy with how things have just kind of transitioned so coach let's just change it up a little bit so how is how's recruiting going like with no spring and possibly no no april How's that going to work out for you? Budget-wise, you probably should save some money. You ain't got to go for <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I we don't even look at it from the perspective of saving money because, you know, with students not here on campus, the university as a whole is losing money. So, That's true. you yeah. know, it's kind of one of those things where you have to think like big picture. But um, as far as recruiting, like we're on it. Like I told you in, in a little earlier that we're workers. So, um, for me, it's been a lot more intense than it was kind of Ooh. how we operated before. Like I'm on the phone all day, every day, um, just because it's the only mode of communication. Like we're used to our kids right. kind of stopping through, coming into office and just kind of talking to them and, you know, joking around with them or whatever, and just kind of doing what we do like that now. 
is kind of on the phone conversation. AAU coaches, high school coaches, parents, kids, everybody's home right now. So everybody has time that they didn't have before. I mean, in our old, you know, normal, we're going into the office, school is going on. We then have practice. The window in which we spoke to our recruits was after practice, after their practice. So it's probably a four or five hour window, depending on the coast that you're on. Now, everybody's available all day, you know. they're getting out of the class at noon just like my son you know so um just the opportunity for interaction has risen you know people are making up for a lot of uh lost time so um i would say that like my workload is probably picked up three to five times what it was when uh oh wow that's that's a that's a i didn't even consider that wow you just really tapped into something like just thinking about that um because you like you're right you don't normally have that time no. heck right now nobody you, has you know, it. You're finished, that's what it's- you know you're finishing up getting ready for boo and deep south and wherever else you're gonna be going and now you'll even have that time yeah you know to, to now do things you know a, a different way absolutely wow. it's just that everyone kind of like has time now and it is great because you get to know you know the student athletes in a little bit more kind of in-depth way those that you know want to talk and kind of are willing to talk but it's a lot to kind of juggle because everybody has time you know right hey that's big so i want to coach do you think i mean you played on for me one of the one of the greatest dynasties we've ever seen you know yeah buddy with the houston comments do you guys do you think you guys get the love you're supposed to get um i don't know <laughs> i don't think in those terms like that's just not my personality look i'm thinking in those terms for you and i'm gonna say no you no know, like i just don't think like that i was the kind of like marquee player or quote-unquote star player that did not want a lot of attention so uh-huh. i don't know what is too little or too much to me it all seemed like too much so i'm kind of like you know, I, I really don't really know how to gauge what that looks like. The reality for yeah. me is Cynthia Cooper, Naismith Hall of Famer. Joe Swoops, right. Naismith Hall of Famer. Tina Thompson, yes. Naismith Hall of Famer. Van Chancellor, Naismith Hall of Famer. Naismith Hall of Famer. So for me, yeah. like that is the pinnacle of, you know, what, yeah, what that pretty much says it all. Do. So when you think about it from that perspective, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, right. I never expected, <laughs> you know, to be in a position to be in the hall. I played basketball because I absolutely loved it. I was good yeah. because I wanted to be the best at it. That's just how I am in every single thing that I do. You know, like, work is what I do. It's what my nature is. my nature, like, just the body of work allow me to be in that position so i'm grateful i'm still just like wrapping my head around the fact that you know i reside in the same house as magic johnson as kareem as like some of my favorite players of all time james worthy you know like those you know, I'm an LA Big kid. Game James. Yeah, I'm an LA kid. <laughs> yeah, I am an LA kid. I am a fan of the Showtime Lakers. 
they are Me too, my baby. team. So, yes. you know, just to kind of be in the same conversation with those guys, it's like unreal. So it's just, do I feel like we get enough? I'm like, hey, I don't know. Hey, hey we're in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> exactly. that's, that's it. <laughs> it's not for me to judge. I'm okay with how it all has turned out. Hey, I, I got one for you, if you will. Can you can you tell us the funniest story you can think of that that dynasty? Funniest story you got? Funniest story. Um. Well, as you guys probably followed my career, I wasn't really a jokester. Like I was all about business. Yeah, so, um, right, but right, you right. know, more. I think probably one of the. I don't know if I would say funniest. I mean, I laugh about it now. But I just remember a time <laughs> where we were in the locker room and we were just kind of, you know, there were very few moments where we were kind of like off because we were very, you know, just connected, even though, you know, we all kind of had our separate lives like off the floor. Like once we stepped in between the line, it was one goal, one team, one goal. Yes. Um, right. That uh, I, I don't even I don't know like what happened, but we were having kind of a team conversation in the locker room. We used to practice at a, this place called Westside Tennis Club, um, and mm. it's where the Rockets, as well as the Comets, um, uh, had our just regular practice. And we we're in our locker room, and you know we we're having this discussion, and then Cynthia Cooper kind of starts talking, and um, at some point in whatever it is that she was talking about she started referring to herself in third person so she was talking and she was like Cynthia Cooper doesn't do this and Cynthia Cooper doesn't know this and what's Cynthia Cooper and I was just like what wait a minute dude are you like talking in third person like in regards to yourself like who does that so then I think everybody was thinking like what I was thinking, but nobody had the guts to actually say it. So I'm digesting it and I'm like, is she speaking in third person? So then, you know, I say it and then everybody goes from this, like, I don't know if it was shock or fear or whatever, because Cynthia is a beast, you know, like everything she yes. did was high level and hard, you know, and intense. And when I said that, everyone just started cracking up laughing. So she's kind of like, what? like, what? Like, what's so funny? Because, you know, she's in her, you know, go hard, Cynthia Cooper mode, you know? But uh, I kind of deem that as one of, like, you know, the funniest moments because I had never at that point, I mean, I think I was probably like 21, maybe 22, yeah. had ever been in the presence of someone speaking in third person in regards to themselves. I was just like, who does that? <laughs> You like you like yeah, you was like, what is going yes. on here? It's like I have never I've seen it on TV, I've seen it in movies, but I have never experienced that like first person. So that to me was hilarious. That's what uh, I love it. Hey coaches, one of the most you've been you're one of the more decorated players. So after your career, when did you have that that feeling that you wanted to be a, a an actual coach or had you always had that feeling? Absolutely did not have feeling. At all. <laughs> every all of my girlfriends, my guy friends, it's like everyone that knows me knows that like coaching was not my thing. Like they are all shocked, like so happy. Like even my coaches would say, like, you know, there's coaching in your future. And I'm like, no. And for me, it was like I kind of saw my coaches, like I saw the stress level of um 
Van Chancellor. I saw, so you go down the line of all my coaches and I would just see just like the agonizing, like they were just so stressed out. Like they were aging like crazy. I'm like, that is no way. That cannot be my life. Uh, I love this game, but not that much. Um, but then, you know, I retired and I'm at home with my son and we're just kind of doing our thing and living our best lives. And um, yeah. one of my good friends, Stephen Barber. <coughs> my guy, Stephen, shout out. a trainer in Houston. And, you know, I had um, been introduced to Steve by one of my gr- uh, good friends, uh, James Posey, who was an NBA player at the mm-hmm. time. So player. James would work yeah. out with Steve. So I went to kind of a couple workouts with him or whatever. And, you know, Steve kind of became a part of our friend group. And uh, so now that I was retired, I had my son Dylan start working out with Steve. And, you know, he would do individual workouts and then there were group workouts. So at some point, you know, during that time, Steve decided that he wanted to coach his kids because he realized that he was training them throughout the year and all of his kids, the parents, they were investing so much money in the training. But once they went to AAU, that was all out, went out the door. So then he would have to kind of right. like retrain them going into the next year. So Steve was like, I'm going to coach them. So even during the summer, they could get this training basically for free. And, you know, he called me one day and was like, you know, I'm training these two kids. And at the time, one of the kids was Brianna Turner and uh, Jordan Posey, a Texas yeah. commit and a Notre Dame commit. And he's like, T, I like, can you just come into the gym and just kind of talk to them? Like, we got the basketball side of it, but they just have questions, like girl stuff that I just don't know, you know? And would you come and just kind of chat with them? So I did that and then, you know, kind of got to the point where I was just kind of mentoring these guys and created a relationship with them and their families. And then it just kind of led to some of the other kids that uh, he had in this program. And it happened all by chance. I was not trying yeah. to coach AAU. I wasn't trying to coach anybody. <laughs> but you get in the gym and you just start giving the kids the nuggets. Just like what you do if you are a basketball person. Um, and our kids just started improving. He created this AAU mm. team um, with kids that were not really being recruited, um, had talent, but nobody yeah. was, you know, actually kind of watching them and looking at them. Um, and we went into the summer season. Every single one of the kids that were on our team that were going to be seniors got a scholarship. Every single one of them. Mm. So in that short period of time, they improved so much. So then, you know, the AAU team started getting a little bit of attention because these kids are coming out of nowhere being recruited. So then we go into the next year and pretty much the same. Um, Mm, One of those kids was not on the AAU team, but Jordan Hosey went to the University of Texas. Kind of a long story, but um, Karen Ashton, who had recruited Jordan, saw the improvement of her game, I guess, in you know, her her high school senior season. And, you know, they just, she asked her parents, what was she doing? And she's like, well, she's working with, she works with Steve, which Karen knew. And also Tina Thompson has been helping her. So I guess Karen was like, Tina Thompson? Like not, you know, like Tina Thompson, whatever. (laughs) So then, you know, she had an opening on her staff and then 
somehow or another, she, they gave her my number. She calls me, and I assume that she's calling me about Jordan. So we're talking about Jordan and just what we've been working on and things like that. You know, and she's like, well, I have an opening, you know, on my staff. What do you think about that? And I said, well, you know, I know I have a couple, like, colleagues that want to get into coaching. And, um, you know, like, I'll give them a call and see, you know, if they you know have interest or whatever and I'll for sure kind of like interview them and you know see if they're ready and stuff like that so you know I'm like I'm thinking that's a good answer and she's quiet on the other end of the phone and I'm like hello are you there and she's like I'm referring to you and I just crack up laughing like I know you can't. <laughs> no way like are you serious and she's like yeah and I'm like oh no ma'am no, no ma'am no thank you I appreciate it, but, um, you know, I have no interest. She's like, really? You know, I looked at your, you know, your your resume and just kind of what I've seen you do with these kids. And, you know, they were trying to recruit Bree, so they saw her improvement and, you know, with Jordan. And I went, yeah, I appreciate that, but no, thank you. But, you know, Karen was very persistent. I'm sure I said no maybe 20, 25 times. But she just kept talking and, you know, and just kind of sharing her vision. And it was my son, Dylan, who, you know, because we're in the car on the way to workouts and stuff like that. And on Bluetooth, he's hearing the conversation. He said, you know what, mom? Just it's one year, you know, there are one year contracts. And if you don't like it, you know, it's only a couple hours away from Houston. We can just come back home. It's not like we're going to sell our house or anything like that. So we could try it out. And if you don't like it, then we can come back home. And I just kind of looked at him and I was like, what? And he was like, no, you understand what I'm saying? So then it just kind of changed like my thought process. And then. I said, you know what, you know, we'll just kind of give her like a look. So we go and visit, no intentions of, again, in my head of taking the job, but Dylan for sure, you know, he changed my thought process. And then I got there and I'm thinking it's just a tour. It was basically like an, you know, I meet the athletic director who I had known before through USA Basketball and they offer me the job. I'm like, no thanks. Like, I literally came here, like, to the tour, you know, the school. Um, and then I saw Amani. Now, re- remember, I'm just getting out of the WNBA. So I'm not that familiar oh, yeah, the bigger with, Amani. you know, college basketball. I'm up overseas. So I see Amani, and Amani is her, you know, is the daughter of Pamela McGee, who is alumni right, of USC. Right. Like, her cousin, Amani's cousin, is my best guy friend. So I have known Amani like since she was a little girl. Like even when I was in LA, right, I went right. to go and watch her in high school play. So it was just like, what? Mm-hmm. You're here at the University of Texas. So again, you know, that was kind of Oh, I mean, so you didn't even, you didn't even know she was in Texas? Texas. And Amani was going into wow. her senior year. But this is just how far removed I was. Um so I'm like, okay, Amani's kind of here. So she comes out of the locker room. She's like, oh my, God, this is going to be our new coach. And I was like, wait, nope, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> slow your roll, yeah, slow your roll. So, you know, I kind of chat with her and just kind of give her a hug. 
hop on the road and we go back home to Houston. Um, and then, you know, Karen, again, she just continues to kind of like call. And so then we just started talking a little more. And I'm like, you know, this is who I am. This is how I work. I don't know if this works for the college system, but, you know, there's very little changing about how I function. (laughs) Right. You're not changing this period. What you're saying? You know, I'm what? 40 years old. Like my person is my person. You know what I mean? Right, close right, to 30. Right, right. I was 39 so it's just like this is kind of who I am you know um, I see the game this way and I believe in coaching when you have assistant it is in your best interest to have like minded assistants it just makes the process a right. lot easier but eventually my son he was kind of persistent as well and you know I gave it a try and I fell in love with so you was getting it from I both ends you was getting he it from both ends. <laughs> you was getting it from both right. ends. So it's like I gave the, um, you know, I gave it kind of a chance, but I, I didn't fall in love with the process of college <clears throat> coaching, but right. I absolutely fell in love with the kids and just being able to pour uh, into them and yeah. be a part of their process and helping them grow into young women and hopefully fulfill their basketball dreams so that was the part that grabbed a hold of me because after that first year I was like this is for the birds I did not enjoy it like at all <laughs> like, yeah I don't get paid enough for this like this was a lot you know but the kids, the kids were right, everything right. so that's kind of what you know uh, grabbed hold of you know my person in my heart and then you know, here I am. Well, you know what? I love that. But, you know, I thought about something. We've been talking about everything. I'm going to give you a chance to talk about University of Virginia. And, and normally we do like a three on three, on three week, but Cameo, I think his, his phone oh, got kicked okay. out, whatever. No. So, so we're just going to do a, a, a okay. two on one, me and you. We, we, we're going down the court. And I, I know you like to spot up, hit that three. So I'm, I'm going to draw, draw, draw me in, and I'm going to kick okay. it to you out there for the three. Nah, this this easy bucket for you. I want you to tell I'm a recruit, and you tell me why, and and people that's listen why they should come play for Tina Thompson at the university. Well, I mean, I believe that people should come and play at the University <laughs> of Virginia for several things. I think that we have the opportunity to give you the best of both worlds, um, high academic or academic excellence as well as um, athletic <laughs> excellence. I mean, we have a staff full of just ball played the game at the high level and coach it at the high level uh, we all four of us have had experience at the professional level and it's from where we teach at we're big on development developing our players creating relationships we are a family uh, three of my coaches are parents so we parent our kids we love on our kids like they are ours and it is a part of the recruiting process if you don't want to be parented once you come to college then the university of virginia is not you because we're not all up in your business but we're making sure that your business is going in the proper direction right right look coach you know what okay no i was tina i just thought about what she just said i thought was paramount because you got a lot of uh coaches out there that hate it is what it is that don't have kids so, and, and in my mind, if you don't have kids, how can you understand the plight of, of kids? Especially at that, you know, college athletes, they, they, 
they go through different things outside of basketball. And if you don't know how to deal with, with you know, with kids of your own, and that experience alone can help you in certain situations. And uh, to me, I think that's yeah, I believe so. I mean, it's not my experience because I do have a child, but I just think that we're receiving right. uh, the young women at a very crucial part in their lives where they're growing from um, just kind of being, you know, in their teens to going into their young adulthood. So the influences they have and the impact that is necessary, the influence that is necessary to be in their lives is important. Um, Myself, my staff, we take that very serious. We are growing young people. We're not just kind of growing athletes. So we are coaching their hearts, not just their talents. Because Mm. once they come to us, they we want them to be better than in which they came. So when they leave UVA, they need to have a plan. They need to be comfortable and confident in who they are and what they're going to bring to the world. So that is our goal with each individual kid that we have. We meet them where they are and we grow them from there. Look, I, I love that, Coach. One of the things I, I have noticed um, with you guys last year and this year was that that brutal non-conference schedule. My you talk about scheduling. I mean, the two competitors, you came out because you were very, like, aware of just scheduling. I'm not going to say scheduling up. Scheduling some big-time opponents in the non-conference. Yeah. Well, we're playing in the ACC, so... I mean, we were basically came into a situation where we were renovating, renovating our program. So we had seniors and we had young kids. So we had fourth years and we had first years. Our first years were going to be a very integral part of what we did. So they had to be prepared. Um, right. We're playing, you know, top 10, top 15, top five teams in the country in the ACC. So in order for them to be prepared for us to win games in the ACC, they had to know what it looks like. So when we're preparing to play against these teams, it's like, listen, this is what ACC play is going to look like night in and night out. There is no give me game. So if you don't bring your best self, then anyone can lose at any time like there were upsets in the ACC on a pretty regular basis because of the competitive level so it's all about preparation and it's about preparing for the future if you want to be the best you got to be the best look I, I love that I absolutely love it uh, as, a, as a competitor myself you competed I, I, I really love that so one of the things that this year um, with the virus and the situation unprecedented times not being able to have get those freshmen those spring workouts appearing not to be able to get the summer workouts as it stands now how crucial would that be to their development going forward like when you really got to ramp it up when you get everybody else back i mean the reality is is that it's tough like i mean as a head coach like yeah i'm sick (laughs) that we don't have the time with our (laughs) kids but at the same time we are preparing their entire person, like not just their talent. Mm, so the conversation right. that I have with my kids now is to do what you can under the circumstances that you have right now. You're only doing mm. yourself a disservice if you are not doing the best that you can 
you are right now. Like there's certain mm. expectations we're not going to have on them based on the fact that they're not able to do certain things. But be the best that you absolutely can where you are. And that will show us who is ready to and prepared to kind of take the next step. We, I don't want you them know. worrying about not right. getting certain things because the reality is, is that it is what it is. So control the things that you can, can, can right. that you can control, and give the rest to God. Because at this point, He is the only one that's going to be able to lead us through this. Man, say like, that. That's just the reality. Of what Amen. So um, I don't want them to panic. I don't want them to have doubt. I don't want them to have fear based on not getting something that they can't get. Yeah. Hey, you put that in wow. in, a, in a nutshell. Hey, hey P, do we, do we do we put it on in the three man weed? Oh, you too late, man. You, while you was off, I, I mean, we did, did a she, did uh, she hit, what did, did she, we did a did two she, on did one. She slam it? How did she finish? Did she slam it? No, man. What's what's her what's her what's her go to? Mid range. She pulled up. She she the three okay, of course. You know, the trail, the trail three. <laughs> you the trail three coach. That's yeah. you know? <laughs> Y'all funny guys. I didn't have a go to. I did a little bit of everything. So it's. Whatever, whatever Look, say that. Whatever I know, I know, I know. Pretty much, pretty much. My bad, my bad. That, that's what I, one of the things that we've always loved about you was your versatility. Is one of the things that made you special. Uh, speaking of that, when you're going out on the road and you're looking at players, not the ones on the grid already, right? You're just walking, going to find your seat, mm -hmm. and you're looking at courts as you're going to find your seat. What can catch your eye and make you kind of turn the page? Raw talent. Mm. In the sense that, like, um, of course, everybody likes a specialist. But if you're going to be a specialist, then right. the specialist that I'm talking about is just a knockdown, flat out shooter. But any and every right. player that I'm looking at, it is those that have the potential to have versatility. Like I said, mm -hmm. we develop our players. So we are growing you from where you are, but not into a specific place, but growing your overall abilities so that you are in a position to be able to do a multitude of things. Because versatility is one of the hardest things to guard. It's not one move. Mm. It's all the moves that you have. And, you know, if you've paid attention to our, our program, a prime example of that is our kid Jocelyn Willoughby that just got drafted yes. in the lottery yep. pick in the draft. Not very many people were uh, expecting that, but Jocelyn made that happen. We made that happen. She went from a virtually unknown, committed to doing the work, added things to her game mm. that she didn't have and a year ago. To do the work. Efficient three-point mm -hmm. shooter. Get to the basket left or right. Finish. Play with her back to the basket. Play from the mid-range. Play from the three-point range. She added all these things to her game with efficiency in a very short period of time. So it's a matter of just kind of where she was, what she was willing to do, and having a blueprint of how to get there. Ooh, coach, that's awesome. And you know, a lot of people don't realize that another one that people didn't expect to go high in the draft nope. was Ariel Atkins. And I, you know, I, yep. I know the work you did with her. 
But those kids are workers, I'm telling you. Ariel knew what she wanted to do since she was probably about four or five years old. She's one of those kids that has yeah. um, watched the WNBA since she was a basketball player and able for it to be her dream. So it's what she wanted to do. And Ariel committed to the work. Like, I have never coached a kid like Ariel Atkins. Her commitment to the work and just, she is a baller. Basketball is what she do. She eats, sleeps, she drinks it. Um, and she wanted to be a WNBA basketball player and she just committed to it. And it was the same thing. Growing her versatility when I got out to Texas, Ariel was a mid-range killer. Like her mid-range was incomparable. Yeah, um, we, but you know she wasn't yeah. as efficient because she's a lefty going right so it's like listen your left mid-range pull up is crazy but your right is suspect so people are going to force you right so you got to at least be able to in a game go there a couple to a few times and make people believe that's what you do and then improving her range so Ariel improved her three point range by I mean probably about 15% so she became the most efficient three-point shooter on our team and one of the best three-point shooters in the country in uh, over a couple years. And then she added playing with her back to the basket. So at her size, about 5'11", 6 foot, she could do, again, a multitude of things. And that just rose her stock tremendously. Number seven. I know, right? And nobody saw that coming. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but, we yeah, did. Yeah. That's true. That. Yeah. That's true. That. Cause, you know what's funny? I posted a picture of her out of high school. And I, I saw it the other day. You know how Facebook has little memories? And it's like, it was 2014. And I did not realize in my hashtag, I said, Bright Future, Future Pro. I was like, where did I see that at? But I, but I was like, I, I'm oh, a, no, I, her I leadership saw, was incredible. If you saw her and, play in high school, she was like chasing yes. Kit. Like, it's crazy how she was directing yeah. and all over the place. I mean, um, that kind of her, her vocal leadership was very much like that. Her game kind of like, I mean, not, I mean, it's, it's hard to compare i mean jason kidd is a hall of famer lebron james is a future first ballot hall of famer but when you think about how bron touches the game how he does so many things how he rebounds how he facilitates how he defends like how he just directs his team ariel was very reminiscent of that you know, she commanded attention. She was the leader of her team. So for me, when I first saw her in high school, I was like, I've never seen a high school player like that. Like, I wasn't like that myself, you know? Um, so it was just like, wow. <laughs> it is very aware. She's self-aware, time and score. She knew how to like get to her teammate, pull them out of like a slump or rally her team to kind of uh, turn the game around. It was just, she was very just kind of ahead of her. Everything that you said about her right. at that time to me was valid based on just what she showed. She was ooh, amazing. Coach, you know what? I'm just sitting there thinking, I could talk to you literally all day. I appreciate that. <laughs> but, but I'm sure we all have work to do. But, I, 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure they got something in my email. I, just, I got one more thing, and then I'm leaving it all. Can you just talk about your USA basketball experience? I always love enjoying um, it. Oh, my USA basketball experience was great, you know, once I got into the folk. But um, kind of just getting into the, like, rotation of it, it was a long journey. I mean, I started, yeah, I started USA really? basketball in, like, 1993. <clears throat> I was a freshman in college. I did not make an Olympic team until 2004. So there was a period of time wow. where I was like, man, bump USA basketball. Like, you know, because and to me, I'm like, <laughs> when we are like putting to like, just when you're going through career resumes and like what you're doing for your team or whatever, and then going into those camps, I was like, man, I'm killing her. I'm killing her. And I'm killing her those hers over there too you know like <laughs> why am i not like making right, this team? Right. but then you know as you mature in the process right. and stuff like that and i'm sure that a lot of young people um facing this going there and like getting cut it's not just about your talent it's about all of the talent that's there right. at the time the committee has a responsibility to and put together a team that fits and sometimes it's not just right. talent. Sometimes it's maturity. Sometimes it's the talent of the mature players that have been in the rotation already. That even though you're probably the right. most talented young person, they know that it's going to be very difficult to put you into a situation where talent-wise, you might be better than on the team. But they have an understanding of how this system works, what it takes to win a gold medal, because that's all we're looking towards. One team, one goal, and that is gold. Anything other than that is failure. So you have to be able to step into that situation and um, fall in line. I will say now, looking back, that although I would have been a great teammate, my thought process because I just was a killer was, would have been, why am I not playing? I absolutely could not have been Rebecca Lobo. I could not have sat on that bench and not played at all. But the reality is, Katrina McClain, Teresa Edwards, Lisa Leslie, like they have all paid their dues too and everything happens in due time. So when I made an Olympic team, I was an integral part of that team. So I hopped in, ready to go, ready to be a feature, was my journey. So I think the kids kind of have to, they don't necessarily give you that information. It's something that you kind of have to like figure right. out. And those that eventually figure out what it takes in order to be to that in that process it means that you've committed to it and when you commit to it you start seeing how it functions and what is necessary to be a part man you know what hopefully they they, they gonna understand what you just said and and go with it because i hear kids all the time whine about they're going to usa basketball and not making a team and i always tell them i said look they don't always take the, the top 12 players they take the top 12 players that fit what they're trying to do it's not an all-star team so, that, that's what, it is. what they have to understand 
exactly. All-star team. It is a right. It's almost like you're going to war. So it's like this is our cavalry, and everyone plays a role. Someone is the lookout. Someone is the sniper. You know what I mean? Like someone is sitting in, yep. you know, like the little, I don't know what they're called, but that little ditch that you sit in the bunker. There you go. The bunker, baby. The, the bunker. bunker. You know what I mean? Throwing I got... out the first grenade. Yeah. It's their sacrifices and their roles. Somebody's bringing up the rear and somebody's leading. Like it is a. That's it. Absolutely. So, yeah, somebody at point. It is a, um, <laughs> their, their roles that you have to play, and you have to play those roles at all times. There is no off time because every country, every style of play calls for something different. And there's only a handful of players that are going to be taking shots in every single one of those experiences but it's going to call for everybody else depending on what the need is what man you said something right there well Tina I don't know what happened to Cameron he might have got kicked off I know they were just construction by <laughs> who knows hey, they might have cut him off <laughs> but anyway I want to thank you personally and I know for myself and Cameron for for jumping on the uh, Ball and Gems podcast. I know you don't only do this type of thing, but I just wanted to definitely appreciate you for coming on. And wow, we, I would say probably need to do a part two, but I know I'd be lucky <laughs> if I can get you back well, on. I appreciate Well, <laughs> We never know what's going to happen in the future, but I absolutely appreciate you having me on. I know, right? <laughs> oh, man. Thank you. Thank you you're so, welcome. so, so much. Go who's Go UVA. But I, I know you're busy. <laughs> Go UVA, uh, Prentice Beverly for Ball and Gems podcast with my favorite, favorite, favorite legend of all time, Tina Thompson. Thank, Thank you, Tina, for joining the Ball and Gems podcast. All right, bye. Take care.